Hello, everyone. This is Michael Jaco with Unleashing Intuition Secrets, the podcast. Join us as we reveal how you can become the master of your reality. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Jaco with Unleashing Intuition Secrets. Have Brad Olson with us once again. It's been a little while since Brad's been with us, so we're going to have him introduce himself a little bit more. But, you know, outstanding author. Uh, he's been on a lot of different uh, shows, events lately. Uh, just got an award. Just had a birthday recently. Happy birthday, belated birthday. So, Brad, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you've been up to. Hey, Michael. Good to be on again, Unleashing Intuition. Well, we, as a book publisher, your book publisher with the Intuition uh, series, intuitive warrior series we've just come out with awakening of a warrior so Dang. what's going on yeah is uh the new book which uh, we're going to talk about a little bit later but uh, what's new with me i'm just doing uh book projects here in my ranch in uh, nevada and got back from a trip from florida and was at the um forbidden knowledge awards ceremony and Got to pick up an award myself for uh, a new series that I'm producing with Forbidden Knowledge called Secrets of Antarctica. And as you know, a couple times on the show, we've talked about Antarctica and my trip down there and all the weird stuff going there. <laughs> and I've found some new weird stuff we could talk about. Yeah, yeah. The show. So what what I love about your work, Brad, is... um. You know, when we first started uh, conversing, you helped tie a lot of the thing, I a lot of missing pieces that I had, and you just filled in a lot of blank spaces and put puzzles together that I've been working on my whole life. Uh, open up new avenues for me, and I think a lot of people get that from your work. Uh, it's just it's extremely revealing. But you're so uh, intellectual, so methodical, so analytical in your your you know information. That is, it's way out there information, but you have so much uh, to back it up with. I think that's one of the treasures of what you share. Oh, thank you. And I've been doing book publishing now going on almost 30 years. So yeah, I got an eye for good authors like yourself and how to put together a nice package. And of course I work with uh, really good editors, book page layout people, cover designers, and a really fantastic distributor in Chicago, where I'm from. And part of my trip just now when I was in uh, Florida, I spent a week in uh, Chicago, saw my family. And because my distributor's there, I always move some stock around and make sure I have books on in hand out here in Nevada when the orders come in. Nice, nice. So, uh, yeah, let's, uh, you're... So you're talking Nevada. I know you just bought a ranch out there uh, over the last year or so. How How's that working out? It's working out pretty good. It's uh, still just a big warehouse where I'm doing this interview from right now. Mm -hmm. going to put the house in this fall, and I'm looking right. at the, also, yeah, I dug the, drilled the wells, so putting in the pump room so we got flowing water. So it's all kind of going in stages, but um, all the while it's a nice, uh, cool place to be, and not nearly as hot as Vegas or Phoenix because we're up at about 4,400 feet elevation. Oh, good. Yeah, it's kind of close to where they do Burning Man. So uh, good weather out here. I like it. Yeah, very good. Now, talking about the weathers, you know, it's been a lot of lot of talk about, you know, the hottest weather ever. But uh, I said that this was going to be a short summer. 
Uh, and it's already playing out that way. I was listening to, uh, you know, some people that are, are further north. Uh, Cliff High, he's up in Washington State, and he's saying they're already getting, like, the, the, the beginnings of winter. They're not even getting their fall. They're going from summer to, to winter already. So I think that's what we're going to see. So what, what's your take on all this, uh, this weather silliness that's going on out there? That's what it is. It is silliness. And of course, in my book, Beyond Esoteric, I have a whole chapter on geoengineering. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. you cannot have a climate change discussion without bringing in geoengineering. Isn't it interesting that you never hear Greta talk about chemtrails or geoengineering? You never hear now that the UN is saying, oh, we're going from global warming to global boiling. Well, look, they can steer the weather and you cannot have an honest discussion about these heat waves without knowing that they control the weather. This was in a document from the Air Force controlling the weather by 2025, which is only two and a half years away. So they virtually have control of all weather systems. Mm. So what they've done is out west here created these big heat domes, as they're called, on the uh, the weather channel and all the, the weather news forecast. But of course, they never talk about geoengineering. It can be done using the uh, cloud of chemtrails they've put up and then steering different heat domes. They can create those heat domes or they can move storms in and out. They can dry places up and they can even uh, bring in the rain. I mean, this is all patented technology. So... Uh, we're being set up for, for these uh, carbon credits and we're all going to have a climate score and then they want to get us into the 15 minutes. It's all one big giant scam, Michael. Yeah. And uh, just seeing how it all plays out is even more confirmation that it's just engineered weather everywhere you go. Outstanding. I, and I know we, we've talked about that several times. And because we've talked about that, people are aware of it. And when you point these guys out and their lies, they fall apart. They need us to believe in their lies, and then they manipulate us within that lie confact, com, conflagration. It's, it's basically a big, you know, fire of, of bullshit. And uh, so, we're, by us, your books, my books, and this discussion that we're we're all having, and other people are having, it basically destroys them because they're very slow and methodical, and we're like super soldiers. We come in and like strike, and then we're out. <laughs> so that's that's the thing. So. Speaking of uh, striking, so all the way down, all the way down in Antarctica, you know, I, I just recently heard a guy uh, basically revealing that had been down there and had been working on some projects, uh, and he said that there is an area that's a huge area that has like a harp type uh, system that, just like you're talking about, controls the weather, not and not only controls the weather, but also does earthquakes, you know, tsunamis, all kind of crazy stuff. What, what are your thoughts? on? I know you said you got some new stuff on Antarctica. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that was Eric Hecker who was uh, giving his testimony in front of the press club in Washington, D.C. about a month and a half ago. Another Stephen Greer brought up some whistleblowers. I know Eric. I know Stephen Greer, too. I just saw him on Sunday at the award ceremony. Sweet. And Eric Hecker, yeah, he's now become a whistleblower and, and talking about the ice cube that they're doing there at South Pole Station and 
He said he witnessed a giant laser beam going up. So they have some kind of exotic energy working out of Antarctica, but also weather manipulation. And he said that Christchurch earthquake was a mistake, but it right. came from the South Pole Station that they also have this weather manipulating technology there. And and with the harp arrays, and those are really around the world now. We've, we've heard about them in Alaska and mm-hmm. we know that China and Russia have them too, but they also put them on floating barges. You could have a whole harp array go virtually anywhere. Wow. So remember that? Yeah. Remember that earthquake in um, Turkey a couple months ago, that really big one? Yeah. It had all these very strange clouds the night before and yeah. people feel the frequency right before the earthquake hit and animals of course were freaking out so this this just goes to show that uh everything in the earth can now be manipulated most especially as it pertains to the weather Mm. now we know that those guys do this uh you know for power for control imagine in a not too distant future when all of that manipulation is gone because that's coming uh, and all of these technologies that have been used against us are actually used to, you know, expand us and do beautiful things and, and create the, the heaven on earth that we've all been told that can't exist if we get control of it. With what were your thoughts on all this? Yeah, we're living in that world right now where virtually every weather system can be manipulated and is being manipulated. And this is what people should really understand it's always for an agenda one agenda or another because remember right before turkey's earthquake erdogan said he wanted to broker peace in the ukraine they were considering withdrawing from nato he was warned not to do that and then (laughs) here comes the earthquake so they'll use it to punish nations and they can also use it to uh create a political agenda such as we're heating the planet up and we we need to uh introduce these carbon credits and it's all a your responsibility because you drove a gas car and so they'll they'll eventually try to outlaw gas powered vehicles but we know with with uh, the the solar and um using renewables is not nearly going to have enough power in the grid for all the charging stations for electric vehicles uh, in fact we in one of the heat waves that just went through here, um, they said everybody who was charging their electric vehicles, and that's not nearly uh, as many people who are driving regular cars, but they had to hold off because they're going to overpower the grid. Well, what if everybody's on electric vehicles like they want? No. And then when you run out of uh, a charge, what happens? A diesel power generator gets pulled to your site so they can... Uh, charge you up again. So it's all coming from these same fossil fuel sources to renewables does not produce nearly enough as needed. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, as we go forward, uh, you know, that's that's going to be exposed. So the reason why I think they're, they've, they're coming after America as hard as they are is because they realize the World Economic Forum that we're the ones to stop, that stop the COVID lie. Yep. So we, I remember this very distinctly where all of us are trying to tell everybody, please, you know, this is, this is a, this is complete fabrication. This is a lie. Don't get the shots on and on and on. And then they started because they pushed this as far as they can push it. And so they, they came up against a wall. That wall was 
that we're going to start to come into our houses and vaccinate. And the Americans stood up and, and basically pushed back on that. You come in our house, you're going to die. And they stopped. That was the end of that. And that was the falling apart of all that agenda. That's And so now the WE, the World Economic Forum, uh, has basically targeted America and Americans. So they're really going to start to come after Americans in, in a big way. So pointing pointing all their uh their lies out is is you know the way that we save ourselves and uh so what what do you think is because i know in your books you you describe what's coming what do you think is the next step for these guys yeah i call them uh, mother weffers <laughs> <Got that perfect. laughs> absolutely yeah and then, oh yeah the, uh, of course america is the main country standing in their way for this mm-hmm. global hegemony of everybody. And so what they really want to do is get us all moved into cities, get us off our land, uh, take away our ability to be self-sufficient, growing our own food, pumping our own water from an aquifer and living off the grid. They don't want that. Nope. You can't control people when, when they have their lives in control. And so a lot of Americans do. And that's why this has become the, the front line. Plus, we have a military that has sworn an oath to uphold the Constitution against enemies, foreign and domestic, and the barbarians are inside the gate. So now what they're trying to do, Michael, is get us all into these 15-minute cities. There's a couple prototypes already, including Oxford, England, is uh, one of the first 15-minute cities. They were proposing it in Cleveland, Ohio, and that was right after the incident in East Palestine, which by all counts was a false flag, because in the bylaws of uh, moving people forcibly, if your land is poisoned, you don't have a choice. You got to move. Where do you move? To your nearest city. What's the nearest city to East Palestine? Cleveland. So Cleveland is being set up as one of these 15-minute cities. It's not being enforced yet, but these towers are going up. I've also seen videos of these towers, kind of like cell phone towers, but exotic kind of frequency camera all rolled into one towers, which will monitor people coming and going. So they call them 15 minute cities because you're only allowed to travel 15 minutes to go get what you need. So you can ride a bike or you can walk or you could drive very, very short distance to go to your grocery store, doctor appointment and everything else that you need. But um, out here in the country where I'm at, that's quite impossible. They have to go into uh, one of the big cities if you're going to go to get some uh, extra supplies. So they're probably saving the rural part of this for last, but I think they're going to come up with some kind of emergency as well. Mm. And that will also force people into cities and they already have a plan to stack them and pack them, just put them in high rises. And then once you're in the city, they can start amping up the 5G and other frequencies and uh, start torturing people that way too. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Cause that's definitely uh, a control system. People that have had the uh, vaccination, all the, uh, you know, um, graphene oxide that's in their systems can be formulated and it's, it's, I guess, communicable uh, with the 5G and the 5G tells you what to do. And then you start to get, become a little automaton. So they've actually started to do some of this on some people. So, uh, yeah, I, 
they're they're talking about you know the ticks you know causing problems in the meat but really it's the vaccination of the meat that's a problem so they're uh they're going to say the ticks are coming in they're going to cause like this you know uh what's what's that bleeding um disease that they have the hemorrhagic uh the hemorrhagic whatever it is uh of, of the day they're going to have some kind of hemorrhagic that's going to start to creep in i think that's their plan that's what we need to be aware of and they're going to they're going to blame it on the beef so the beef like you're talking about which this is a good point uh and the chicken and whatever because we already have uh you know the the chickens have been slaughtered on, on a massive level because of, of the flu that the chickens got and now they're going to do it with the the meat but meat's going to be caused by their vaccination so uh and that's that's where the hemorrhagic is going to start so they're like leave leave the leave the countryside and go to the city because that's where to be safe there won't be any beef there we'll have like you know uh processed foods for you and it'll be safe and that's because they're trying to move us to uh no meat and all processed food bugs and so forth so i i think you're right i think they're going to try they've already been trying to buy up as much of the land as they can uh bill gates has been doing that the chinese have been doing that they're trying to buy up all of the rural land so yeah i, I think you're on a, on a on a on track for that and to follow up with um what the 5g amplitude could do they're there are different frequencies that come out of these 5G, and I have a chapter in my book about um, the Morgellon nanobots, and this also ties into mm-hmm. the graphene oxide and the the black goo, which has also been weaponized and released in the form of ferrofluid. A lot of these ingredients uh, in the vax, this is what got Dr. Rashid Batar killed. His video, his last video, after he had already been poisoned by going into uh, CNN and doing an interview, and he said a few days he could still talk, and he's, his very last video, and it's even called the video that got Dr. Rasad Batar killed, was he said that they had detected a payload inside the vaccine that had not been yet released, but they hit it with different frequencies that are possible coming out of the 5G towers, and indeed, it lit up the graphene oxide and some other ingredients in such a way that it would it would burn through the skin and and do all kind of things and mm. uh, as you mentioned with the mind i mean this is what the zombie apocalypse is going to be so i think they're waiting for the moment when we are at our most vulnerable whether that be from the collapse of the supply chains to um an emp attack when we have no power i found it interesting that uh, west here, they're creating the heat domes. They're dissipating now. It's not nearly as hot as it was in July. That heat is moving to the Midwest mm-hmm. and uh, perhaps the South. When I left uh, last Monday from Fort Lauderdale, it was over 100 degrees. It was so hot and humid. So mm-hmm. they start baking the Midwest and the East Coast in August. Then it might be the time when they're going to take out the power grid and how crazy would people get if they didn't have air conditioning in that heat, just like that Spike Lee movie, Do the Right Thing, when uh, the power is out on a hot day and people just go batshit crazy, yeah. um, start looting and rioting, and and uh, yeah, then the, that'll be a justification. All right, well, we, we got to move you guys into the cities then, and <laughs> that's the last place you want to be. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, there's... It's kind of like they have it on a, like you're talking about, they have it 
these domes uh, on a on a certain uh, range within the United States because up north where there's not as many people, uh, of course, they're they're not really affected that much. And in fact, like I said, they're already starting to get uh, winter winter temperatures already. Uh, so you look at the south, and that's what they they just drumbeat. You know how you know in Dallas and Texas, Texas is like crazy hot. I was there like uh, like six six weeks to four weeks ago or uh, eight weeks ago. It was already ridiculously hot, but it was it was just in Texas, just in like that dome like you're talking about. So they they created a definitely have a dome over yep. Texas because they want to take Texas. Texas oh, like yeah. the, the Republic of Texas. They uh, they 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 will give them problems. So they've been trying to take Texas for a while now. Big cities are pretty much gone. But, uh, you know, they, they can't take the rural lands. The rural people are not going to play at all. And uh, there's enough of them, I think, that they'll, they'll resist enough that they're not going to do that. So they'll, they'll uh, weather out this heat wave. And uh, then eventually, when it's time to, like, get, everything gets shut down, they'll be like, oh, you guys in the big cities, good luck. <laughs> we're, we're out here and we're armed up and don't come out here. Yeah, and then they'll also hit every area of the country where they're the most vulnerable. So where you're at, I wouldn't be surprised if it's another record hurricane season like last year, more hurricanes than ever on record. I was just in Illinois visiting my family a couple weeks ago, and my relatives were telling me how the tornadoes are coming closer and closer to Chicago. Mm-hmm. One was just outside of uh, where my uh, cousin lives, and people filmed it. They're standing in line or waiting in line, uh, the drive through restaurant, totally oblivious. There was a tornado several blocks away that had touched down minor damage. But uh, just goes to show people don't expect when these weather weapons ramp up that certain areas of the country are very vulnerable. For example, out here in the West Coast, earthquakes. And now we know uh, from Eric Hecker's testimony among other evidence that these harp arrays are also the world's largest weapon that can cause earthquakes. So there, there are no more coincidences with the weather anymore. I would propose it's all being engineered at this point. And when they want to hit us hard, it'll be a synchronized hit and they want to bring America to its knees. This is what was found out during uh, Operation Gladio in the 1970s and 19 early 80s when they were doing false flag attacks and blaming it on the communists they're blowing up train stations in italy and belgium they caught one of the guys and the bbc actually did a documentary on operation gladio i think you could still see it on youtube and i, I never forgot what he said i even had to go back and uh listen to it again because they said what what was the what was the point of doing this and he said it was a strategy of tension that they wanted to bring the Europeans to their knees so they would just clamor for their government to come up with a solution to battle the communists. So it's all it's, it's all the Hegelian dialectic, yep. problem, reaction, solution all over again. Now they're doing it with the weather. Yeah, and um, that's, that's what we have to expose because they want to trap us into a narrative and people are going to get scared. They're going to be like, oh, we, we have to go get vaccinated, you know, that that type thing. Uh, we, we have to break that this time. We can't fall into that trap again. So I have someone in the chat that's saying that they're in uh, northern Virginia, and it's like it's cool for this time frame, 73 degrees. 
So it's, uh, it, it is definitely, uh, some places are, are already starting to go into, uh, fall and winter. Um, but like you said, the, they're going to try and, you know, do the, the heat dumps and they'll continue with that weather warfare stuff. So that's, that's interesting. So, you know, we've talked about, and you basically, uh, disclosed massively how the Nazis basically left, uh, Germany and went down to Argentina and you revealed about the, uh, the variant towns. I looked deep into that. I I've had several shows since we, you had that show where you pointed all that out and I pointed out all this and I continue to point it out. We have to continue this narrative so people understand there were not like a, a few hundred maybe people that came over on Operation Paperclip. There were tens of thousands that came to America and occupied every one of our cities with Nazis. So that is that is the thing that people need to be aware of. We were heavily infiltrated. We are at war internally right now with communists and fascists. And we uh, we have to be aware of that and we have to fight back. America is a, is the last great hope. We will win, but it, it's people like us that are exposing this that makes a difference. Yeah, absolutely. When I was heading down to South America before my Antarctic trip about five years ago, I was poring over maps, just trying to get as much information, some background on the places I was intending to visit. And I was coming across these massive land holdings in Chile and Argentina and Brazil that are very difficult to access. They have guard station and protected airspace. Essentially, they're micronations, just in the same way that the Vatican City is within the city of Rome, is within the country of Italy, but they're their own government. They just act that way. So this is a very, very important piece of the puzzle, how these escaped Nazis, and many of which got uh, new names, identifications, even passports, to relocate in South America. It was only the ones like Werner von Braun and Hermann Oberth that uh, escaped the war crimes tribunals. They got to keep their regular names. But some of these guys, I remember I was driving through uh, Bolivia, and it was just this little town. It's and In the Lonely Planet book, it said, Klaus Barbie, the butcher of Leon, lived out his natural life in a house behind a, a lumber mill in this small town in Bolivia, and you can still go there and see it. So these guys totally escaped justice, these war criminals. It was only the Israelis that captured one fugitive Nazi, um, Eichmann, and he was taken back to Israel, put on trial, found guilty, and executed. Okay. But only one. And I think okay. the CIA being a captured operation was giving cover for the rest of these Nazis and just saying, hey, back off. Or, you got one, but uh, we don't want you doing that anymore. Because yeah. even people like uh, Mengele, the, this uh, sadistic doctor from Auschwitz, lived out his natural life. And he he drowned, supposedly drowned in Brazil, but was buried in South America. And, and I would even make the case that Adolf Hitler himself survived World War II. Just they just knocked off a doppelganger and said it was him. And even the Russians took his, that skull that they discovered and said was Hitler's skull. They took it back to Russia years later, did a DNA test on it. It was a woman. So it was definitely not Adolf Hitler himself, right? Yeah, I saw that the dental work was didn't match at all. Totally different. Yeah, the Russians said that early on. So are the Soviets. So there's a. There, I think there's a distinction. I think the Soviets were basically Nazis too. So uh, as 
as this as the systems systems get exposed and and uh, and collapse, uh, they're going to get desperate, and that's I think that's where we're at. There's going to be desperation moves now. The cities like you're talking about, uh, Cincinnati and Cleveland and all these other cities. So a lot of people are, are saying that big cities are hot. All right. Yeah. So they're they're doming the big cities. C- big cities are usually 10 degrees hotter than the, the, the regular countryside anyway. Uh, average, normally, always. So uh, they're like their own little heat domes themselves, by themselves. And then they just ramp that up. They, you know, probably use some harp on them or directed energy weapons or whatever they do. They take it to another level again. So the countrysides are nice and cooler, especially, you know, where you're at in the 4,000 feet. Uh, you're out in the countryside. They don't need to cook you guys because there's not enough of you. They want to influence large groups of people. And they do. They have been doing that through their mainstream media. Now, I've seen a lot of stuff, a lot of people pushing back on mainstream media and a lot of stuff being exposed in mainstream media. Uh, there was one, one particular one I thought was absolutely hilarious where this one guy was was be, basically being questioned. He says, he's trying to like make this guy look an idiot. He says, so Q said that there's a, a adrenaline drinking uh, elite and, you know, on and on and on. And they, they, they sacrifice children and just making it seem like, you know, Q movement is all like conspiracy nonsense, out, way out of control. And so he went through all these different things. Uh, and then the guy said, Oh, you mean like Jeffrey Epstein Island? <laughs> so we just crush uh-huh. this guy's narrative. So I think a lot of us are doing that now. Uh, we're just destroying their narratives. Everyone, everyone is crushing their narrative. They need us to believe in their narrative. That's the only way they can get these things, you know, implemented and scare enough people to get on board with it and get vaccinated or put on masks and stay indoors while they do their uh, evil activities around us. So. Where where do you see the mainstream media? Do you see what do you how do you see that being taken down, or or will it be? Well, the, it has to go down. It's fake oh, news. No. It's giving cover right now. You know, you just take a look at Drudge Report. Not a single news story appears about the Biden case and uh, Devin giving testimony against the crime family. It's all about Trump. Trump's going to be uh, go to jail, maybe life in prison or death sentence. There's no way. Trump is so classic that when you, right when you think you got him, you think he's defeated, he's going to just flip it around right on top of these guys. And you'll see later on this prosecutor, Jack Smith and others, um, they're going to go down. They have to. They're, this is just, as you said, they're getting desperate. They're looking for anything to disrupt Trump's attempt to run in the next election because if you're a convicted felon, you're not allowed to run for president or if you're sitting in a jail cell, they're not going to get him. I think no way. Every time they try, his numbers just go up. It's quite a paradox in their minds mm-hmm. that the more they try to oppress him and make the Americans people think he's a criminal, it just has the opposite effect and more people gravitate to his uh, campaign and so forth. But we're going to get hit with a lot. This deep state is not going down easy. I know you talk about it on your show just about every day. Uh, They're going to try to do everything they can to disrupt not only the election cycle, uh, but also they're going to stick it to the American people. They're going to throw everything they got at us, including the kitchen sink. It's already started with these heat domes. And by the way, it's moving across the country. 
So my dad lives in Colorado and just talked to him a couple of days ago on my birthday. And he said, oh yeah, now it's getting real hot here. So I think it's in the Rockies where he lives uh, and moving out to the central plains. So I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of August or even third week of August, the Midwest and the South starts really cooking. And again, these are geoengineered heat domes. They can steer these things around. When you see the chemtrails coming down in your skies, Oh, and by the way, they have a clever name for it. It's now um, homogeneticist uh, cirrus clouds. I didn't get the, the second word right, but it's basically human-made clouds. So they're actually admitting that they're chemtrailing us. And when the newscaster comes on, they'll say, yeah, this this other kind of cloud, and you can see the whole grid of chemtrails. But when they uh, hit it with the energy weapons like HARP, it turns into ripples in the sky, mm. uh, similar to the ripples you would see on the bottom of uh, the ocean, yeah. uh, as above, so below. Yeah. Those are fake clouds. That means they're steering something. And I noticed it all the time out here, Michael, uh, around ski season. Of course, out in the Sierras and out west here, all the ski resorts set records for the most amount of snow ever. I and mean, they just hit a storm after storm after storm. It went all the way through the month of June. They were hitting uh, the West Coast with more storms. And on those days when they're spraying, uh, uh, they said another storm's coming in. Then you see the sky ripple out and they move things in right away. So these are called atmospheric heaters that they uh, the harp arrays can heat up the uh, ionosphere, which is one of the layers of our atmosphere. And when it's at that level, it can... Uh, push down on weather and steer it that way or rise it up and find an opening to move weather systems uh, basically wherever they want to. So this is very dangerous. I mean, humans are playing God here now. I saw an interview recently with uh, Dane Wigington, one of the best geoengineering watch, talking on the phone with him, and he's a brilliant guy. They had a video of President Johnson in a black and white video from the 60s saying we're going to have the ability to control the weather. We're going to have this uh, weather manipulating technology and we'll be able to fight our enemies and this and that. And we're already seeing that happen. Now they're using it against we, the people. And this is when it gets real dangerous. Yeah. Yep. And they were admitting uh, actually to using it in uh, World War II uh, over Italy, seeding the clouds over Italy uh, to control the weather there. So... It's it's not not anything new, uh, it's it's on a different level, you know. We we have a harp, the largest harp system in the world is in Alaska, and I had a, had a guest on talking about that recently, and talking about the largest pyramid in the world in Alaska. But let's let's talk a little bit about that. Let's go off subject. So, uh, uh, what we've been discussing. So, what where do you see? I know you you talked to a lot of people about these. Uh, pyramids what where do you see these pyramids are they going to come into play again at some point to uh, like uh control the weather like i believe they used to provide power source and whatever else so would you think they're come back into play sometime in the future well geez i love pyramids great uh steering onto this subject michael because yeah in, in alaska it's called the black pyramid it's, mm -hmm. I, it's mostly supposed to be underground but mm -hmm. it doesn't matter because pyramids focused energy through the top of a pyramid 
there are some pyramids that are underwater in the Bermuda Triangle area, and one of which is still firing its energy system, which Edgar Casey in one of his visions called a fire crystal that's mm-hmm. still active, and that what is what creates the uh, the abnormalities in this uh, Bermuda Triangle region, how planes can disappear and then come out 20 years later and things like that. So there, there's an Atlantean pyramid sunk on the bottom of the ocean in an area called the Tongue of the Ocean in the Bahamas that is still an active pyramid. Now, when I was in Egypt, I had the uh, opportunity, well, you're not supposed to call it a youthful indiscretion, but I climbed to the top of the Great Pyramid of Egypt. Nice. And, and I meditated up there and just had very profound mm. visions and uh, communication with my recently deceased grandfather and all sorts of things. So the the Great Pyramid most definitely was an initiation chamber. That's how that sarcophagus in the king's chamber was not dragged up there through the chambers. It's The chambers are too small. It was built into the structure itself. Mm-hmm. And I also rode a horse from uh, Giza down to Saqqara, the Step Pyramid. Mm. And all along the way, you see different pyramids, mostly in a state of crumbling. And the the Step Pyramid itself is, is uh, not in very good shape. Um, and then off in the distance, another one called the Bent Pyramid. Yeah, they yeah. just didn't get the yeah. angles right. Yeah, so pyramids have been a fascination uh, to humans, especially ancient people building them and coming across pyramids on every continent in the world. Even Australia, a place called Gimpy has a pyramid. Down in Peru, there are pyramids at uh, Tiwanaku and uh, another one in, near Lima. And then so the big question is, what about Antarctica? And in my presentations at conferences, I, I show some slides on this. And I've located three areas in Antarctica that have pyramids including when I was at a conference with Eric Hecker, who did that testimony about the weather weapons at South Pole. He and I were just comparing notes, and I'm looking at this big rollout map he had of the McMurdo Sound near the base where he had to fly in and out of. And right there on the map, it just says pyramid, and there's a perfectly triangular pyramid. It's like, wow, I've never even seen that. Uh, So they're kind of out there lurking, hidden in plain sight. You just got to know what you're looking for. And uh, yeah really pop up all over the place. Yeah, yeah, and they're all over the world. I always thought it was just the Giza Plateau, but you know, over time we've, we've discovered they're everywhere. China has tons of them. Oh, so yeah, yeah there's, there's definitely uh, some, some interesting uh, things that are going on with those pyramid structures. And uh, the ones that were, were constructed, obviously there was some advanced technology that was used that we supposedly don't have today, uh, but I think we do. So we, we've, you look at, uh, um, you know, Peru and uh, the different structures out there, you like those stones that are like, all, you have like eight or nine different, you know, stones that come in and they're all like, you know, perfectly configured and uh, set. I think that it's one time they can make those stones somewhat liquid, just like we do uh, metal. Uh, so there was some kind of a, a probably electrical scalar wave technology or something along those lines that would actually make the stone uh semi-liquid and they could like form it and and move the stones around and like levitate them and all kind of crazy stuff what do you what do you think yeah absolutely when i was down in south america before the antarctica trip had the great opportunity of going on a a 
trip of Peru and Bolivia with Nassim Harriman, mm. Ryan Foster, and Robert Grant. Wow. Uh, and Adam Apollo. Yeah, I mean, 150 people on the trip. I was also one of the guest speakers. We- and when we go to some of these megalithic sites, um, Brian Forrester and this Tim Harriman, who works in the laboratory and is is attempting to reproduce some of this lost technology, mm. they were showing us how these joints that fit these megalithic blocks at such unusual angles, mm. it looks like they had rendered them soft somehow, and mm. they had kind of melted or just gravity dropped them into these positions, and then a master mason using a trowel would just clean up the lines and uh, smooth them out. Um, you'd also see some stones that had exactly that, what looked like trowel marks uh, on the face of them, that somebody was working with these stones in a softened stage. So what Nassim Harriman and, and Brian Forster were saying is that it, it's a technique called cold plasma. And mm. by employing that, you can actually render these stones you can change the molecular structure in such a way that you can then uh, soften them to the point of uh, forming them into these most unusual uh, megalithic formations yeah and here's a here's a picture of saskatchewan is it how do you pronounce that or is sexy woman like sexy that's woman. Your, sexy woman that's it okay yeah, good just call her sexy woman sucks have fun so uh, yeah, here's here's the the structures and uh, you know like we're talking about some of these like in uh, the pyramid and so forth, you can't even get a razor blade between them. So there's obviously some different type of uh, technology that's being utilized. So that's, I mean, you have a seeing Harriman, which is basically modern day Einstein times times ten, uh, talking about that. That is that is pretty incredible. That and in that picture, you can see some of those trial marks. If you can pull it up again, uh, right middle there some of those blocks it looks like someone who had been working with plaster came with one of their tools and was just forming it and we saw that all over the place in south america it this is just above the city of cusco whose city foundations the the, uh incan just built upon they even admitted the spaniards that they did not do it yeah look at the trial marks in that middle a uh, couple blocks there, you can see how it'd been shaped, how it was molded. Wow, you're and right. I never, I've never noticed that before. Yeah, fascinating. Yeah, how about that? It's some kind of lost technology. Yeah, there's a good blow up. Um, I don't think it's lost. I think they have that technology. Uh, it's still around. Uh, they, they, they don't share it with us because that would make us too powerful. <laughs> yeah, they, they want to keep that power and control us with it. So that's that's where we're at, really. I think. Uh, so we have, uh, you know, those those magnificent minds that are out there, basically back engineering all this stuff. But it's it's ba- it's there already. We wouldn't have to do all the the legwork to back engineer and figure it out. You know, it's already there. Uh, there's people that are hiding that information, controlling that information. So, like I was saying earlier, imagine that gets released. So then we don't have to back engineer. We just take that that information and we run further with it. And that's, that's the thing that they can't have because then we'd outpace them because like, like I said, they're very slow. They're very methodical. They don't have the the abilities that we do for creativity. They've inbred for a long time. So everything is really slow. They're very clever because they have all these 
you know, rituals and stuff that they tap into uh, that are evil. But we're not evil. So eventually, good will prevail because yep. good, good basically, uh, you know, outmasters them very quickly uh, once given the ability. So that's the awakening process we're talking about so that we can realize our power, our energy, truly our energy, and start to direct that energy and, and take over from them. Hello, this is Michael Jaco. If you want to learn more on how to unleash your own intuition, go to michaelkjaco.com, unleashingintuition.com, where you can find my courses on how to become the master of your own reality. Absolutely. And when you understand that we've been backward engineering this high technology for a century, mm. starting with Germans, the real women, and I describe uh, the different German secret programs in Beyond Esoteric, starting with the real women, these psychic women who were getting their information from Aldebaran. And at the time, right after World War One, Germany was by far the most technologically adept and the best engineers in the world. So the benevolent Aldebaran said, oh, all right, we'll try you out with some zero point energy and with some free energy devices. And they were able to telepathically reproduce pen to paper, these very elaborate blueprints. And it wasn't long before the Thule Society, which Hitler and Himmler and uh, Rudolf Hess, all the top uh, Third Reich politicians were part of. The Germans were hugely uh, invested in the occult, and they were sending teams of archaeologists all around the world looking for digs, just like in the movie Raiders of the Lost Ark. They were down in Egypt. They were in southern Europe at uh, Rensselaer Chateau. They were up out on the uh, Tibetan Plateau, and they were acquiring technology. The Germans had a craft. There she is. Yeah, they all had their hair really long. Maria Orsic. Yep. And um, so now I, I just to throw something in, uh, just a little piece. So I, I heard, and this this resonates with me very strongly, that they used the Nazis to bring that information in, knowing that they were going to uh, manipulate it for wrong. But eventually they will prevail because they mm -hmm. brought that information in. And eventually that, that information is going to come back to us. So it'll be there ready for us when we eventually seize it. So they knew that was that would happen for us in the future. Roylein Maria Orsic. She went disappearing at the end of World War II. Yeah. In my new series with uh, Forbidden Knowledge TV called Secrets of Antarctica, which I was down in uh, Fort Lauderdale filming, we brought up how witnesses saw these high-ranking Nazis from real society and other, uh, the Thule Society, they were not only getting all their hardware out of Germany, starting in 43, when the tide of war turned on the Eastern Front, they knew the war was over. As you said earlier, not just hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of these Nazis escaped. And they were the best and the brightest. And they carried with them this UFO technology. We've been backward engineering this for some time. Oh. And the Germans got a nearly intact craft to study from Mussolini in the Lombardy region. And I found it really interesting that David Grush, in one of his testimonies, this new uh, whistleblower, brought up 
this uh, craft in the Lombardy region that after World War II, then the American scientists got a hold of it and they started backwards engineering. So, Michael, our Star Trek future is actually already here. It's just been hijacked and we're not privy to it. So if these technologies were to come out, and I know this is part of what Nasara Jassara will do, yeah. is bring this benevolent technology to benefit the human race, uh, we, we could be living in a Star Trek future in our lifetimes if uh, we were to get rid of these this control, this these Kabbalists who control this technology and have their own secret space program, a corporate-based secret space program, right up there with our solar warden, and right up there with the German secret space program called Nachtwaffen, the Dark Fleet. And these have been in operations for decades. Yeah. So now they're starting to reveal, they just recently came out in the uh, the congressional testimony from uh, uh, witnesses that have seen these 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. And they're saying that, yeah, that's, we had, you know, Tic Tacs, and of course they're much more advanced uh, craft than the little Tic Tacs. But uh, that's all they could show us. They're still controlling this information. They they decide what's going to be revealed. Uh, you could tell from testimony of these guys. These guys were like under the thumb. They they weren't really wide open. They had a set, you know, what they could say, and they stayed to that script. And if someone asked them a question that was outside of that, they're like, "Well, that's a little bit outside." And they would even say that. And I was like, "Ah, you guys are like, you guys really aren't revealing. You're manipulating information out here." So. What what is what is the bigger picture with this? Well, the bigger picture is we're getting this testimony. This is mind blowing mm -hmm. information that's coming over, including capturing live aliens and interrogating them and trying to get them to work with us. And this is what Bob Lazar said is that there's an area near Area 51 called S4 mm -hmm. that he described in great detail. And he said inside this underground base at S4 is what's called the clean sphere. And in the clean sphere is where aliens live, operate, and work. Um, not really allowed to leave. They use a, a similar to a Faraday cage. Because they learned early on when they caught the first uh, ETs, and I do describe this in my book, Future Esoteric, mm -hmm. that they couldn't hold them in a, in a normal jail or just a regular room. They could just phase right in and out of uh, our real reality. So they had to use a Faraday cage to keep them captured. Wow. And then by doing so, could ask them <laughs> ask them politely to help us uh, work on some of these backward engineered projects, which Bob Lazar, who continues to get vilified, was vilified so often and scorned, now is being shown that everything he talked about was correct including the location of S4. And Michael, I find this really interesting when I'm going over maps, especially of Google Earth. They're opening it up. They are now showing us different things, including S4, exactly where Bob Lazar said it was, just a couple miles west of the, the Groom Lake area where Area 51 is. You can now see it on Google Earth. And it even says S4, and it has the two big bay doors that Bob Lazar described. So he's completely vindicated. I'm also finding on Google Earth, and Dr. Michael Sala shared some GPS coordinates with me a couple months ago, in the new Schwabenland area, and this is going to be in my uh, series on forbidden knowledge, uh, Secrets of Antarctica, 
there is a grid pattern city. You know, it's it wasn't available just a year ago. It's coming in now, but it's still kind of a grainy image. But you can see the foundation of buildings and what looks like an airstrip and perfect right angle symmetrical type. Uh, uh, they're building foundations or buildings. You can't really tell yet, but uh, the symmetry is just very revealing that it's of a higher intelligence down there in Antarctica. That's was one of the new findings I want to share with you. Nice. So there, there is a um, uh, a little thread that's going on out there, and and Kerry Cassidy was on. She, we were we had a little conversation about this, where they're they're doing this on purpose because they want to try this fake alien invasion. Uh, right. You know, with uh, Verna von Braun, I talked about on his deathbed that you will have like this this Project Blue Bean type of situation in your future, and in that there's supposedly just in America alone there's a million people that are killed by this fake alien invasion. Uh, so that will cause a lot of fear and, and panic, I'm sure. Uh, but if we reveal it, maybe not. So that's that's kind of the the little thread. So these guys basically are coming out to, well, of course we have aliens. So now everybody's like, oh, I thought we were we didn't have aliens, but now we have aliens. And then they do yeah. the fake alien invasion. So what what are your thoughts on that? What do you think that's? Yeah, uh, yeah totally. I, I think we're being set up for this. And of course, I described I the whole Project Bluebeam scenarios. And there's many sweet. different ages. Not just the uh, big space opera, but I think we're in the opening salvos of mm. Project Bluebeam right now because they're doing the predictive programming. They're getting us thinking, oh, there's aliens out there. Remember in May, Lester Holt comes on NBC Nightly News and says, the Pentagon just said that there's a massive mothership in our solar system. It's just docked right out there by Jupiter. Now, how isn't this the biggest story of all news stories? But it was just a one and done. So it's this predictive programming to get it in our minds to desensitize us to the whole idea that aliens are among us. Well, we've known this for quite a long time. And all the people who have done research in this have now been vindicated. Yeah. And so what I think they're doing, yeah, this is a setup. This is also what Werner von Braun told his assistant, Carol Rosen, who I heard speak in the late 1990s, recounting it at a conference, mm. saying she's never wavered in her story one word, that Werner von Braun had a change of heart on his deathbed. He said, this will be the last card they play before they initiate the full New World Order agenda. But they have to do a shock event to galvanize the public to get behind it. And so one time I was doing a, a super soldier panel You've been on uh, some of those panels with me. And mm -hmm. uh, Randy Kramer was on it, and, and yeah. Project wow. Bluebeam came up. And Randy Kramer said, maybe we're on that panel. He said, oh, it's going to be a good thing. Yeah, the military wants to do Bluebeam. I said, how could they possibly want that? He said, they have so much technology that they don't know how to release to the public. And, of course, they just said, well, we've had uh, anti-gravity craft for uh, 50 years. The public would be very upset. But in the context of a fake alien invasion, they could throw up all their TR-3Bs and zero-point energy craft and beat the bad aliens and then be the good guys in all this rather than being the bad guys who uh, kept all this technology to themselves. Yeah, that would be good if uh, no one dies. <laughs> but if people start dying, that's going to piss some people off still. 
So uh, that that could be a good thing. So I hope hope to, hopefully Randy Kramer, I like him. Uh, he he does seem to be uh, legit and sharing some good information, which, which is interesting, isn't it? Because uh, for all these years, anyone that shared anything or got close to being truthful about the stuff they're trying to hide, especially uh, the alien uh, technology, they would be you know really targeted hard. Uh, so I've had Patty Greer on, you know, has done uh, a lot of the crop circle stuff. Uh, we worked together on some other projects and she has talked about how pretty much everyone in her field are dead, gone, and they almost uh, almost got her too. So it, it really seems suspect to me that just all of a sudden they're going to let these people come in and talk about this stuff. So you're, I think we're right. Uh, it is It is going to be some type of reveal. Hopefully that's what it is. And it's not the staged event, mass control, um, you know, psychosis event that they're, that they probably planned in the few and in, in, in the past. Mm. And then to me, Michael, I just keep thinking, why now they've had over 75 years since the Roswell crash to reveal the alien presence or backward engineering technology. Of course it went underground because it was top secret, but why now? Why is Lester Holt on NBC nightly news? Why are they allowing uh, Grush to get in front of Congress and give this testimony mm-hmm. because it's an agenda, because it's a rollout, because something is coming that it has to do with aliens. And I would have to say where Ron Bond was probably right, but it's not just some kind of big confrontation in the sky that we'll probably all see, or at least it'll be all over the news. They're going to be all over this. Uh, but before then is, is the Messiah appears mm. in the cultures of the world this is another part of blue beam that a lot of people aren't aware of mm. and they'll use voice to skull technology as well which is already there it's it's decades old this is another darpa project and i quote uh john alexander in beyond esoteric talking about how advanced it is that we would all become schizophrenic and so they could also put in uh messages during the the fake alien invasion but the whole point is it's gonna have an agenda it's going to put us in the strategy of tension in a very vulnerable place so that people are just clamoring. Hey, I got to feed my family. Uh, what's going on here? Government, protect us. Why won't you do anything? And then they roll out the agenda. Problem, reaction, solution. We're being set up for right now. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a cascade of a different event, you know, um, market crashing and, um, you know, maybe a trying to push people into the little 15 minute cities and just all kind of, you know, weather going crazy, maybe some earthquakes thrown in tsunami on the coast. <laughs> oh, yeah. that, that, I think they have all this plan, whether that actually happens now. Cause I think the good guys basically have uh, some, some good technology. They, they have, uh, you know, the, um, uh, the one they can see into the future, uh, the glass pad technology looking glass. Looking glass thank you. And uh, so they they have that, and I've heard that the the bad guys don't have that technology anymore. But who knows? Uh, they do have adrenochrome, and I've had a guest on that talked about how they can go through adrenochrome. They can go into the future and see the future, and that might be why they're so into the adrenochrome right now. They don't have that you know uh, high technology like like we do. So they use adrenochrome to actually go in and see that kind of stuff. That's what this guy said, and he was very convincing. Of course, he did my show, and that was the last we heard of him. But uh, that is that that was a huge, massive reveal. Uh, the, all this he's talked about demons. Uh, he was literally 
in the future, living a life and all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, and then came back and all the stuff that he had seen for the future uh, started to happen. Uh, so, wow, pretty, pretty crazy stuff. Well, they say uh, life is <laughs> imitates art and vice versa. And we're seeing a lot of science fiction start to become reality, science fact. And, yeah. and it's a brave new world out there. It's changing uh, virtually on a daily basis. But I think this fall we're, we're in for some massive earth-changing news stories that are going to affect all of us. But the, uh, the, the fake alien invasion, the whole blue beam is shelved for next year. And this was from a, uh, a CIA whistleblower in the late 1980s. Remember he was an older guy and he was at the end, he was sitting in a park and he says, I look at these children and I wonder if they have any idea of the future that's being planned for them. And he said that blue beam, this is in 1989. This video was made was slated for 2024. And it would seem that the buildup, the predictive programming, getting us desensitized to the idea of aliens coming to Earth takes some time for them to get us in the right position to spring all this. But certainly there will be a strategy attention and they're going to try to hit us with everything they got. I've heard recently, and I'd, I'd be interested to hear if you know this too, if the White Hats have taken control of HARP yet. But uh, I heard that they did and, and that would be an instrumental part in Bluebeam because they have to use the weather to control, uh, especially for projecting the holograms, either from satellites or ground-based, uh, putting the particulate matter in the atmosphere makes it conductive. And with a conductive atmosphere, it's more conducive for these holograms. But if they lose control of the weather warfare, and, and we'll see where this goes in the, in the coming weeks and months, mm -hmm. if they hit the East Coast with some big high uh, heat dome, then maybe they don't. But um, I heard just, just this last week that uh, we had taken control of, of the harp systems in this country. Do you, did you hear anything along those lines at all? I, I don't see the proof of that. Uh, we're, we're still seeing the heat and stuff like that. There should not be any heat right now. Uh, it right. should be very it should be very mild. I was just down in Costa Rica. Costa Rica was super mild. Uh, mm. Of course, they have, they're not targeting that area, but I came back to the United States. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's it's a lot hotter here. That's that's interesting because I was closer to the equator down there. But, uh, you know, um, there, there could be, I think there is... Uh, some control. I think they have seized some of it. There's not as much um, chemtrailing as there has been in the past. I've noticed that. And, and some, some places might be different, of course, because uh, we, we talk about this and then people like jump on us and then give us like all day long for the last five days. And it's like, well, that was a separate incident. But, but most of the United States that I've been watching and, and looking at, there's not as much. And the harp I think they would have had uh, earthquakes galore already. A tsunami was supposed to hit uh, the West Coast already by now. Hasn't hit. There was supposed to be one on uh, New York that was supposed to hit. That got stopped out. So that was, uh, that. that all, a lot of these are coming from different sources and reports that are, are very, um, have been very accurate in the past. So uh, I I think we're, we're still in the reveal mode, uh, just like Trump. They had to uh, get him to the point of J6, uh, convicting or trying to convict him on the J6 rioting that they created 
false flag event uh, and trying to get him, you know, uh, put in jail, you know, felony charges and stuff like that. Now, because they, you know, uh, brought up charges on him, now he has access to discovery of what they're charging him with. Before, he didn't have that. So the charges and now the discovery, and this is something that Juan Osaven talked about on my show a couple of days ago, uh, brought mm-hmm. that up, and, and now it's all over the news. So everybody's talking it now. So it's uh it's interesting, and, and Trump just came out and said, uh, "You come after me now. I'm coming after, or now I'm going to come after you." So this kind of this is starting to fit the narrative because he has said that the deep state has to be taken down, or they take down our country, and that's we lose our country. And that I think more and more people are starting to see that. Absolutely, and you know that this next year and a half leading up to November of next year, it's just going to be tit for tat. It's going to be White House versus cabal and counter to other attacks and maybe they're going to slow down the the weather warfare type stuff uh or take it offline and all i can hope yeah. is that if they do try to pull off a blue beam that it's just going to totally glitch out and the holograph is going to work and it'll just be a big joke and that that would be the final uh death knell to the cabal trying to pull this off this one world government but they've been do, they, this has been in the works for not years but decades. Yeah, even, could even say multi generationally they have been working on these programs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leo Tommy in his book uh, The Last Pope, which I published, he has this whole uh, chapter at the end here about creating the one world government. Uh, well, one world government and also the one world religion in that town called Ashtana in Kazakhstan where they had uh, major riots last year and toppled the government of Kazakhstan, which is the capital. Thank thank you, Russia. (laughs) Yeah, thank you, Russia, once again, because they had tried to force everybody onto their uh, central bank digital currency and they were taking away cash. People just freaked out. But this was, this is, that was supposed to be the world headquarters for the world religion and CNN called it, the weirdest city in the world. It's a new planned city with all these religious monuments and um, all a pyramid. You you showed a yeah. pyramid, yeah. Exactly. Uh, so we're, now, we're the we're the gods. You don't have to worship anything outside of us. We are the gods, and you worship us. Got, yeah. Same thing's been happening throughout time, but this time it's it's collapsing on them. This time we go we go forward and uh, we break their back. So this this is a very exciting time, and uh, you know. It was funny. I just did a show recently uh, today, and I uh, had this. She said, "She's I'm 83 year old, 83 years old, and this is the most exciting time. I'm glad I'm still alive, and I'm I'm, I'm going to love this going forward." I thought I thought that was fantastic. But yeah, here's your uh, here's your uh, work, uh, modern esoteric, uh, beyond esoteric, future esoteric. Your latest book, uh, and then you have uh, Leo Zagami. I'm going to have Leo on soon, so he's got a new book out. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And so back to back, you know, reveals it's great. Yeah. And, uh, you know, of course, the intuitive warrior second edition, you help with that. I mean, look at the handsome face there. A face that only, guy. only a, a face only a mother could love, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty, it is really exciting. Uh, your work is, like I said, fantastic. Uh, you've helped me, uh, you know, reinvigorate my, my work. Uh, we're looking at doing some stuff in the future. Yeah. So here's the awakening of a warrior. Uh, so in this book, this is 
far exceeds, as you see up here, uh, this 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 uh, book up here. This book, and I always wanted to have pictures, and I talked to you about this, and it's like, oh, I can get yeah. your pictures. <laughs> so this yeah. book is almost like every page has, yeah. has pictures. It I love pictures. And you did such an amazing, incredible job. It's 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 worth it just to go through. Because some people are just like, I just bought the book for the pictures. I bet a lot of people will buy it just for that because the pictures are incredible. You could you could you could know a lot of stuff just by going through and reading the uh, the information on the pictures and uh, and just going down a rabbit hole on that. Very 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 nicely done. Thank you. Oh, it, it was a, it's a book that was worthy of putting these maps and pictures in here because the first time I read it in the first edition, I'm I'm just such a visual person. And I love maps so much. And thinking it would really be interesting when you're describing, and and I have to say, Michael, I'm just so incredibly amazed at your how lucid you were in recalling these past lives. And history comes alive through your eyes, and you give a new perspective on all these events that we heard of. So when I was reading about how you were a part of uh, the 300 in in ancient Sparta fighting off the Persians and and giving a new way of, of understanding the battle. And it was also a naval component. I mean, to me, someone who loves history, reading this account, it gives it a whole new perspective that you were actually there and, and remembered this. And I have some past life recall myself, but I couldn't fill a, a book like you did. So you, you have an amazing ability. And of course, you described in the early part of the book how just everybody can tap into their abilities yeah. and look at their past life as well as an intuitive warrior in just this lifetime how amazing it was that you started to tap into these human abilities which i think are latent within all of us we just have them we just haven't been uh, taught properly or went through the right kind of educational yeah. system to bring it out in people so your books are very important works and I would just say that Awakening a Warrior, we have physical copies now. They just shipped from the printer mm -hmm. last week. So they're getting into the pipeline. You can pre-order on Amazon, but um, I have it now on uh, cccpublishing.com uh, with the, the case of books that I have here. And of course, uh, we have the ebook as well that's ready to go. And that is up on uh, Google Books right now. So if people want to go to... Uh, Google Play, I think, is a site called where their ebooks are. Uh, you'll find it there. So we're getting it out there, and, and I really think people are going to enjoy reading Awakening of a Warrior. It's an incredible book, and it's your account of uh, how you became the warrior that you are now. And, and it's just you did the same thing in different lifetimes, but now in this high-tech Internet world, you're a warrior of a different kind. So that that's what's so cool about uh, your life this time around, which maybe in a future lifetime, you're going to write about Michael Jaco and <laughs> doing the intuitive warrior series and your radio show and everything else. Yeah, it's, 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 it is really fascinating times. And, um, you know, when, when I, when I was doing that, I was basically channeling that information, uh, mm. from those lifetimes and it was just coming through. I was just getting out of the way of it. Um, it's on, on, it's like automatic writing, but you're, you're letting, you're letting the, the memories come through. And then I would write, write, write it down. So, uh, and then I would do research and I was, it was stuff that I had never researched before. I'd never seen it in history because I'm a history buff. I, that's, 
I used that's all I was about in school. I was all about history. I uh, did really well in history, but um, and when I did college courses, they were all usually history courses. <laughs> so uh, I loved it, and so I was like, I I don't think this is in history. And then I would do like deep dive research and find stuff, and I was led a lot of times to some of this information because uh, I it just on average I I didn't have the skill to look up this stuff, but I was I just knew what words to put in, I guess, and then it would bring it up. I'm like, wow, that's real. It was part of history and they buried it. So that's, that was one of the beautiful things about, you know, uh, to, to write those books, write that book in particular and the future books that are coming. So, uh, there's, there's, there's a whole series of these books and we, we have talked about doing like, I think it would uh, relate and, and probably draw a, a fairly significant audience of like a military uh, yep. a lot of people are into the military aspect and how that works and that we're in a military operation right now. You know, it, there is, there's definitely a war going on right now. It's a kind of a fourth dimensional war, uh, informational war, but we're winning it. We're winning it. We're, we're revealing this information. And that's, that's that, I think that's, what's the beauty of, you know, tapping into these higher consciousness realms and it's been suppressed. Uh, as we move forward, it gets revealed, more people start to get involved with it. And I think that, you know, we're, we'll be of service to more of humanity going forward because we're, we've already been in these fields and we're already disclosing information within these fields and people are going to be hungry for this information, how they tap into it and how they discover all this stuff as well. Well, you're absolutely right. And yep, we got uh, book three and four coming from you and mm-hmm. those will be brand new titles and you still have everything from, uh, just before Christ was born, lifetime memories uh, with Charlemagne and some of the more recent military campaigns. Mm-hmm. Again, I think it's just fascinating testimony, you being able to remember all this and add details of some of these historic conflicts and other events that we all know about through history school, but giving it a, a different perspective of someone who remembers it being there. So it, it's kind of like when I'm reading your books, Michael, I'm thinking, geez, I remember what I did last week and Michael remembers what he did 2000 years ago. It's, it's quite amazing your ability to uh, recall all this. Yeah. And it's, it's not, not this guy. This guy doesn't, doesn't remember what he did for, well, I do remember I had steaks last night, but, uh, cause they were so good. But, uh, other than that, I, I don't remember much in this life. You know, I, I know I've had some fantastic experiences and there's some things that stand out, but yeah, this, this, uh, this, Pretty much this recall going into those realms is what really brings it out. Pretty amazing. Did you see this uh, caption I did for Camellius? Oh, yeah. Looks just like you. So Exactly. You- That's, uh, oh, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to bring that up. That the similarity. Deco right there. How yeah. much you look like some of these characters from history, too. Yeah, and that's uh, what a lot of people that have studied this information throughout time have, have said the same thing, uh, that there you, you carry traits over with you from, from lifetimes. Yep. And, and it doesn't necessarily have to be, uh, you know, physical traits, but it also can be, you know, the way you think, the way you react to different things. So you can, I can see the pattern of these different figures throughout time. I have the same type of mentality today, and I'm like, that's impossible to replicate, but you start to see the pattern. I point the pattern out in all these different people, and you can just flip over to anyone else in that time frame and 
no one's like that. So it's like, it's all of us have this unique trait that we we're, we're working on stuff. We work with other people. We have our, um, you know, people like yourself, we probably work together many lifetimes. I feel very confident about that. And, uh, it's, it's, we're doing it again. We're helping to, you know, awaken humanity, help humanity. Uh, you know, we have our foibles and stuff like that. We don't, we're not always perfect. No one is, but you work through some of those imperfections and you, you know, uh, highlight the things that are, that are very good in your, in yourself and build on those throughout time. Well, all I can say is fascinating reading. Everybody needs to pick up a copy of Awakening of a Warrior just shipped from the printer this week. And, and it's a perfect compliment to the intuitive warrior. In fact, we packaged them as a series. So they belong together on a bookshelf. You've read the intuitive warrior. You're going to absolutely love the awakening of a warrior. And I look forward to book three and four too, because I'm sure you're going to keep, keep up the good work. And I, I am absolutely no question. So yeah, I'll be actually signing these books. I'm doing a experiential retreat in Sedona fall equinox. Uh, it's the transcendence retreat in Sedona. That's the, uh, the 21st and 23rd. So I'll have both copies of both those books. So if you show up, I'll sign them. It'll be, it'll be a good time. I'm doing, I'm doing uh, remote viewing, remote influencing, uh, doing tours out into, uh, the, the different, uh, you know, environments that are out there, uh, and, and doing singing bowls and crystal bowls and all that kind of stuff. So it'll be a lot of fun. So the, uh, the, the energies of Sedona are outstanding. So anyone that comes there, you're in there. It's the most fantastic time of the year. Sedona, uh, is, is beautiful and, in uh, September. And we'll both be speakers at the spring equinox in Sedona in 2024. So we'll yep. have uh, copies of books there to sign in as well. That's more of a bigger conference in the, uh, Sedona performance arts center, the biggest theater in Sedona. And uh, we were both there this March. And yeah. the last time I got to see you and Tracy Joe, I always look forward to the time when we get to see each other and hang out and talk about all this wonderful, cool stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we need to get together and uh, just do like uh, another, um, you know, tour of the uh, hot springs, the natural hot springs. <laughs> yeah. You're, you, you are the master of the natural hot springs. <laughs> That's my favorite. I love hot springs. So uh, you, you're, you're, you you did all that stuff before, and now you're bringing it into uh, the future here and 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 beyond. Wow, you're just uh, well, just, amazing. Just like you with uh, your past lives, I think I was an explorer in my past lives, and I just love traveling. And geez, when you can throw in a great hot spring, uh, you got it made right there in the shit. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, it's definitely a treat. And that, and that's the way the uh, the Romans were like that. They always went to the places yeah. where there are hot springs and built cities around them. <laughs> Sure it is. That was cool. Even in right. Bath, England, I couldn't believe it. Hot I spring. know. I love Bath, England. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Mm-hmm. After the Roman baths. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and there's uh, some lots of like the Green Man's there and all kind of stuff. There, they were yeah. they were all tapped into that stuff. The Romans would would basically just uh, you know integrate with whatever culture. They they were the true uh, you know religious freedom uh, in the day. Then then they got a little little tight with their for the religion and that, that that was kind of the collapse that happened for them. So as long as I think America is free, which we still are, uh, we have, we have, we have religious freedom still, although they're trying to come against it and shut it down. But, uh, uh, those freedoms are being pushed back on 
Uh, they're not going to get away with doing that. And revealing like we're doing is the thing that turns this tide. It's absolutely incredible time to be alive. Absolutely. Knowledge is power. And the revolution is consciousness. It really is mm-hmm. a matter of time for enough people to wake up so we can see through these terrible agendas. Because we don't, man, we're going down one of the worst neo-fascist paths that the human race could ever imagine. You think it's bad now? Boy, if they get us all chipped and dependent on this uh, digital currency that they could turn on and off. If Oh, we saw you on a conversation with Michael Jaco. Uh, we're turning off your money. Go to the grocery store. Oh, I can't eat today. Then you would have that ability and so much more. So the, yeah. this is really the climax of civilization that we have to take them down if we're going to have a world for our children and future generations to live in because they're going full board right now with this uh, new world order agenda. That's why I think the fake alien agenda, just as Werner von Braun said, would be the final card they play before full implementation yeah. of world domination. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, there there's people talking about how their bank accounts are being seized already. Um, right. uh, and, you know, I, I can't go on YouTube, so this is real. Uh, there's anyone that plays anything that has Michael Jaco on YouTube, they'll lose that that uh, video. And if they're lucky, they won't lose their channel. So it is it is true. It is real. You know, they're full on Nazi. They're they're coming at anyone that goes against their agenda. Uh, and it's yeah, it's it's me now, but it's you guys in the future. So that's why we have to push back. We'll be completely Nazified again, uh, like they like we were in uh, in Nazi Germany. Uh, but the whole world will be Nazified. Can't yeah, go down that path. Mm-mm. Nope. Learn our lesson from history. <laughs> exactly. That's why, you know, those who fail to, to learn the lessons of history are doomed to repeat them. We will not repeat them because we're like historians and we're tell, telling people on a different level that they're back and we're, we're, we got to stop these people. Well, you give a great account of history here, what not to repeat and not to go into war and uh, all the dangers that come of it. And yep. book three, Michael, can we give a little preview? Because there's some Roman history, uh, even uh, Julius Caesar. And boy, that's kind of history repeating right there, too. Yeah. How the whole Republic of Rome went over to a dictatorship. The uh, Augustus Caesar was his nephew after Julius Caesar died. And mm-hmm. these things happen to come in patterns. Or I like the saying better, history doesn't repeat, but history rhymes. Yeah, and we're certainly seeing the rhyme of this uh, globalistic empire, just like the Roman Empire, rearing its ugly head right now and and trying yeah. to make the big move on everybody else. Well, yeah, that uh, the next book actually starts with uh, Alexander the Great, uh, who was um, also Julius Caesar, and has been you know throughout time. I've I've worked with him. He's been my son. I've been you know uh, uh, working with him for many. There you go. So many, many, many lifetimes. And uh, so I'll, I'll have a count of that. You know, so that's that's another view of not only my thread throughout time, but other threads, you know, like Julius, Julius Caesar, Alexander the Great, same thread. Alexander the Great conquered the uh, Eastern world uh, and uh, Caesar conquered the Western side. So and, and Caesar actually saw Alexander the Great's uh, body because they had preserved it. So when he was, you know, having this nice little affair with uh, um, 
the the Egyptian princess who like uh, Cleopatra. Thank you, uh, Cleopatra. He uh, he was shown around. You know, she showed him uh, Alexander the Great, and he he was like he was so bummed because Alexander the Great at thirty three had basically conquered the known world, and now here he was, you know, older, and he hadn't done that much. So then he really went back and he like really started to kick ass. So, and then of course, you know, he was killed by the uh, his his the the Romans because they couldn't have somebody that powerful. Because uh, you know, if if someone that powerful uh, got in there. He was for the people. He was always for the people. Same thing with Alexander the Great. That's why they kill those types of leaders because they're uh, bringing in an awakening process that the the deep state and so forth has to shut down, and that's what they're trying to do again today. History rhymes. Absolutely. <laughs> Doing it again today, but now with high tech weapons that are harder to fight back. But uh, we have the numbers. They may have the technology and the printing press for creating the money, but um, their cover has been blown. And that's what they needed is the secrecy to operate for all these centuries running the money printing press and pulling this over on the human race. But we're waking up to their game and uh, it's soon going to be game over because people like you helping others understand this monumental period of history we're in where we really have to stand up and uh, fight for our rights. Absolutely. All right, Brad, always a pleasure and an absolute honor, uh, you know, to be with you and talk about these things. Uh, You bring a lot of insights. You bring a lot of, uh, you know, hope for humanity. I I love your work. Thanks for coming on and we look forward to having you on again in the future. Oh, you bet, Michael. Raleigh's great talking to you. I can't believe how quick an hour went by. Yeah. Always fascinating discussion. Yeah, it's almost an hour and a half. That's how quick an hour <laughs> went by. <laughs> All right, brother. Thanks a lot. Cheers. You bet. Thank you so much for listening to Unleashing Intuition Secrets, the podcast. Until next time, stay in the love vibration as you continue your journey to become the master of your reality. Your reality.